Broadcasting from the Loading Ready Run orbiting underground moon base, it's the Lurcast. Hey, it's the Lurcast. Yeah. I'm excited. I haven't done one of these with this headset yet. Oh, you haven't? No, this no. is the first one. I freaking me out. Man. I just did a tap tap, and I was really into the whole coughing directly into it, and also like grappling with it anytime I needed to like. That's cough pretty sweet. Or... I mean, we should we should just put like a little mute switch between. Yeah. These things, so you can actually do that. So you can mute yourself. So you can actually mute yourself and be like, "I'm gonna sneeze or cough," because it's, it's really hard to get away from this mic. It's like, oh god, it's yeah. just right there. Yeah. <laughs> we we were when we put this on, we were experimenting with like. Because, you know, for the, for the regular mics, you seem we've got, like, the pop shield. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we're like, this is, because it's so close to your mouth, this popping can be a problem. And we found it's pretty much, you know, as long as it's sort of off to the side, it's pretty much okay. Unless you're talking, like... Talking right into the... <laughs> giving it the cred stand. <laughs> yeah, unless you're talking real sideways, you're like, uh... uh. <laughs> so, yeah. Cool. All right. Well, I mean, hopefully, uh, I mean, uh, this set looks sweet. We're mm-hmm. a couple of episodes in, mm-hmm. and it looks pretty awesome. Yeah. Yep. And now we have headsets and all sorts of stuff. So what better way to celebrate all of this new stuff than by to go back to all the old crap? <laughs> yep. We're going to do an Askler today. Yay. Yay. So we um, we made the, the conscious decision uh, at the beginning of the year to sort of shift focus of the Lurcast and make it more of a uh, discussion, like a top, like pick a topic and then sort of use that as a jumping off point to, to discuss stuff. Like, right. um, and I think it's been going really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that all of us here personally have, I think, been enjoying it more. I think everybody was getting kind of uh, burnt out on the constant just week after week questions and questions and questions and questions. So and what more do you want yeah. to know? So we haven't actually done a proper askler for probably close to like six months, five mm. or six months. So yeah. we thought, hey, let's just do an askler. And we didn't think that because we couldn't think of a topic. Not at all. Anyways, let's get asked questions. Blah. Let's A your cues. Is, your is, cues. is one of the questions, are you doing this because you can't come up with the topic? I'm, I don't know. I haven't read them all yet, but I'm sure Absolutely one of them Absolutely, yes. Abs- yeah, that is actually the case. Uh, all right, so uh, we ask questions over on Twitter like we normally do, at Loading Ready Run. If you aren't following us there, go do it. First question comes from Cole. At what point in, you, in your lives did you decide on your specific kind of comedy slash when did you find your funny? Uh, I'm still working on it. Um... I mean, I guess our specific style of comedy. I, I mean, that's certainly. That, I mean, I don't, that's not something that, like you decide on. I don't yeah. think it's just sort of it happens because it, of what you are, what you enjoy, and what you let influence you. And mm-hmm. I mean, it took me a long time of doing loading ready run before I would even try to admit that I had a style of comedy. Yeah, <laughs> right. And like, it ma- really makes you think about when your sense of humor begins to develop. I have a friend mm-hmm. who. Uh, many years ago said that she thought that our sense of humor, our generation's sense of humor, generation, um, was largely formed by Muppet Show and Monty Python. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, mean, the previous generation was also Monty Python. Right, but, like, we had it from, like, from birth. Right, right, right. right. I mean, it, it, it I mean... Those are certainly formative for me, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if... I would argue that a lot of people our age probably weren't 
actually uh, influenced fairly heavily by uh, Monty Python, especially, I mean, all that sort of British humor. I feel like we're kind of the exception. Hmm. Maybe. I, I feel like we are, because I know a lot of people... I mean, um, the trick is that... The, uh, the trick with Monty Python, though, of course, is that if you aren't if you aren't influenced by Monty Python, you're influenced by somebody who's influenced who is, by yeah, yeah exactly yeah, it's yeah. that they're it's the Beatles effect yeah their 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 influence goes many yeah, yeah, many yeah. steps downwards but yeah yeah I mean this I mean I think there probably are some people who you know people who are comedians and stuff who aren't yep. or sketch comedies people who you know didn't grow up with that but but grew those, up with other things that those people directly, are yeah sad lonely lonely disadvantaged people mm-hmm, absolutely. making like evolutionarily dead-ended comedy yeah i i have i didn't really thought about the uh the muppet show though but when i think about it it's probably true yeah muppet show it's pretty high up there although i mean and it's weird the muppet show because the muppet show was like really old school like almost like Catskills style like yeah yeah very yeah. it was it was deliberately almost sort of a throwback um, to you know the sort of vaudeville style stuff, right? Um, you know, and they would, and you know, if you watch it episodes now, I mean, there's a lot of great stuff, obviously, and a lot of the, especially a lot of the, um, uh, the stuff they did with celebrities and things was right. was really great. But, it, but there's a lot of just really weird stuff. Well, yeah, it's 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 vaudeville humor as performed by puppets is like puppet acts have been around in comedy forever, I guess, mm. but like. The Muppets was way surreal. Yeah, yeah, it definitely had that, and and I guess the Python thing as well is that there is that as that sort of that surreal aspect, which I, I guess it's modern is what it is. It's a it's hmm. a, a modernism thing. So, but I mean, in terms of it's, I mean, it's always the case. Like in terms of comedy, we produce obviously you produce comedy that you find funny, so. The you know the comedy that I enjoy and the comedy that I create are very closely tied yeah, <laughs> together, yep. uh, and you know and to the point where like I'll often be watching a you know sometimes like I'll be watching like a a, a sketch comedy show or just even a, like sketch comedy on the internet, and I'll be like, that's totally a joke we would have done. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't we do that? Damn. They stole our idea before we had it. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow they went into the future and came back. We need an IP lawyer. All right, next up. Chris says, what is your go-to order when you go to a coffee place like Starbucks or the Parsonage or whatever? Um, generally, I like um, a small cappuccino, like a demitasse cappuccino mm-hmm. with a pastry of some kind, like croissant. Nice. Sometimes nice. Danish. You know, very Parisian kind of thing. <laughs> but it's nice to just be able to sit at a window with, like, yep. cappuccino and something to eat and read a book. Nice. Dirtle around on the computer. True story. Yeah. Paul? Um, it depends. It's different depending, like, most places it'll usually be like a uh, uh, like a chai latte or a London fog or something of that kind. I don't, I don't really go in for, like, straight coffee. Um... Except for Starbucks, I usually get like iced mocha. Right. Um, it's one thing. Look, I'm not here to say great things about Starbucks. Yeah. <laughs> but one thing Starbucks does better than most coffee places, especially better, and one thing they do better, especially better than most, like, I guess what you would call good coffee places, like, you know, 
artisanal coffee places right. uh, is ice drinks. Yeah. The vast majority of coffee places do, you know, these pl- places that are very skilled at making coffee. Yeah, they make wonderful coffee, and then they put a bunch of ice cubes in it. And, <laughs> and there's like, your yeah, ice yeah. drink. Yeah, yeah, right, Whereas right. Starbucks has like a whole infrastructure surrounding yes. their ice drinks. Well, like, yeah, Sur- Serge made that joke or made that comment the other day where he was like, like at Parsonage, you can't get a vanilla latte, mm. right? Because the coffee they bring in, they bring in because the coffee itself tastes good. Right. Right. And dumping syrup into it is not what they want to do to coffee that they have like curated and selected right. Right, right. from like many other coffees. They're like, let, let, let's put some ketchup in your coffee too. <laughs> yeah. Do you want that? Do you- yeah. Um, but yeah, Starbucks does that really well because their coffee is, you know, from like a billion different places or whatever. Yeah. Right. So, but yeah, I, I'm usually uh, into the latte type stuff. Okay. I just normally, um, if I go to the Parsonage, it's just normally like a coffee and then I'll just throw a tiny little bit of cream and sugar in there. Uh, and then Starbucks is almost always just a nice coffee. Because, again, yeah, Starbucks does those well. So, Although it's I don't a, really drink that much coffee right, anymore. Go, so. Just go in and just be like, do you guys have um, coffee? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is a, just regular. Yeah. Is that a Actually, thing that you do? The other thing that I like doing at Starbucks um, are the black tea lemonades. Oh, yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. But yep. I, get, I get them unsweetened. Yeah. They're actually like reasonably hard. <laughs> so like a lot of things at Starbucks that aren't coffee <laughs> are actually fine. Yeah, are right, actually actually totally yeah. yeah, like their milkshakes <laughs> or frappuccinos. Yeah, yeah. All right, next up. Lurk Dog asks, what are some of your favorite fantasy slash sci-fi settings? Mm. Mm. Well, we got to be uh, careful because both Cam and I are here and <laughs> we can't get too far into talking about 40K. No, yeah. 40K is definitely up there, though. But yeah. it's, it's yeah. definitely up there. What army were you going to do when you tweeted at me the other day about 40K? Oh, I don't know. I have an idea, though. Oh, okay. Don't worry about it. I actually, <laughs> don't worry about I, it. I, I, <laughs> I was talking to you about this earlier. Yeah, yeah. That's part of the whole workaround was so that I could play 40K again. Um, I will legit play 40K with you. 40K uh, is is sweet. Um, <laughs> the, the Like the universe, I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? I mean, like... I love Star Wars. That's I like that universe a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I I mean MCU. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's a really cool universe. I like that a lot, actually. MCU specifically, as opposed to just the regular as, comics. Yeah, yeah, specifically like for whatever. Earth, yeah, one six three or whatever, whatever is. MCU is. I don't have any vested six interest one six? in six, six one six. Yeah, oh, okay, I don't really have any vested interest in the in the Marvel universes that exist within the comics. Mainly just because I don't really know about them. But mm. MCU, I think, is a really neat uh, sort of setting for everything that they do yeah um, uh, i really like william gibson's uh sprawl oh yeah world like the the sprawl trilogy which were which was neuromancer mona lisa overdrive and um altamora's parties mm. or not altamora's parties that was the bridge trilogy neuromancer mona lisa overdrive was the third the middle one was count zero yeah uh, <laughs> okay but yeah it was a wonderful kind of like uh noir ish it was the archetypal cyberpunk setting mm. of the I, undistrib- I mean, unevenly distributed future i mean real i i'm pretty much literally the yeah archety- i mean he pretty much invented it yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. um and that's probably just a lot to do with Gibbs- gibson's language mm. uh I like the culture 
a lot. Yeah, the E&M Banks. Yeah, E&M Banks' culture yeah. series. Set in, I, I, lo- I really like that, too. Yeah, mainly because Banks deliberately set out to write a world that he wanted to live in. You, or one that it, sounded pleasant to him. Yeah, and it's like, you never, ever read a thing where it's like a utopian society. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, it's yep. basically a utopian society that would be really awesome to live in. <laughs> yeah. It's not like there's this horrible undercurrent going on. Yeah, no, It's no. like, no, it's actually, I mean, they yeah, obviously they have challenges and things yeah, that they and deal with. Yeah, and conflicts and, like, even the things that they can't resolve. Yeah. Right? And they make mistakes. But, like, when, in his books, usually they deal with, like, secret agents and things. But they, 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 they interact with just normal people in the culture. And people in the culture are like... I'll talk to you as soon as I'm done with this orgy and then the buffet. <laughs> and then I think I might go sleep for like 16 hours. Yeah, yeah. But then, yeah, my, my tomorrow's free. <laughs> right. Yeah. Maybe um, I'll go write a sonnet after that. Is it uh, Werner Vinge? Has I've made never some, read He, he writes some great sort of space opera stuff. He did, um, uh, 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 oh, Mia just read it. Um, uh, something in the Deep. Uh, deepness in the sky. A deepness in the sky, which I really wanted to read. Yeah, did really neat. Um, yeah, I mean, the story is really cool because it's sort of com- comparing and contrasting these aliens that live on the planet versus these, um, you know, people who have arrived. Right. Um, but then, but the world that the the universe that is created, there's like all this interesting stuff with like technology. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, technology works better. Um, in certain places <laughs> it's like as you i think it's it's as you get closer to the center of the galaxy right um technology works better and as you get from and so like hmm. you it starts becoming easier and easier to make like ais work properly oh, okay. and all this kind of stuff and then as you get farther and farther away mm-hmm. all your really awesome technology starts to fail <laughs> uh-huh. and things get worse and worse That's really <laughs> interesting. which is sort of an interesting idea yeah cool. uh any any other really standout settings, not just stories, but the settings. I can't think of anything right now. Maybe we'll revisit that one later. All right. Next up, uh, Vector Zero is asking, "How did the Lure Crew meet your collaborate collaborators? Bradley Rains, Big Giant Circles, Cards Against Humanity, etc." Uh, it's mostly uh, through random happenstance, I guess. Yeah, I mean, so. I actually don't know how we got hooked up with Bradley. Oh, Bradley's great. Bradley's the one he sent an insulting email to Graham. That's right, yeah, because we he, were using Apple Loops. Yeah, right? he sent he sent an insulting email to Graham, and Graham sent uh, uh, kind of like a pithy thing back. And then he like responded and be like, I'm so sorry. I was super drunk when I wrote <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they started talking about stuff. And, yeah. and they and then doing... The rest is kind of history. And uh, um, I mean, like um, the whole... Synaptic Chaos crew, you know, uh, Beige and Ian and Heather and Corey. Yep. Um, we met all them at uh, the Calgary um, Comic Entertainment Expo. Yep. And just or and also and we also hung out with them at um, Anime Evolution. Yep. And it was just one of those things where they were performing, and you know, we were we're sort of in a related, even though we don't do improv normally, we were sort of in a related field. So we had a lot to talk about and we just kind of hung out and found that we were very uh, compatible in terms of personalities. And yep. they happened to be moving over here. And then now, and we've sort of, 
pulled their entire group over to Victoria. We've we've absorbed synaptic chaos. Pretty much all of them. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. Um, Big giant circles, Jimmy. Um, I don't. I think he he just did. Just um, he we. Didn't he just do the Desert Bus yeah, he remix just, one year, and then the, he's done it every year since? Um, he did, yeah, he did Desert Bus remix, and then he um, he offered up like a whole bunch of download codes for his CD for yeah, his, for well, his I, stuff. When he because when he um, uh, when he was about to launch his Kickstarter for his last album, Glory Days, uh, he asked us to be a part of uh, the Kickstarter to do like video a promo, yeah, yeah. And, and sort of talk about how awesome he is and stuff like that, which is true. He's phenomenal. Yeah. Um, and we've just sort of befriended him like that. Um, Penny arcade is another big one. Um, that sort of started with desert bus. Yeah, that was um, desert bus. And then we did, and obviously we started doing, um, checkpoint checkpoint and game with the PATV. And also, I mean, even before we were doing, I mean, I guess we were doing desert bus before we were doing PATV, we were we were sort of known by them and like we were friends with like a bunch of the enforcers yeah. at PAX and stuff and so we would kind of like sneak in and get a table because <laughs> the enforcers would set it up for us um, but uh, and then you know we did the PATV thing and we got that's how you got more, strip search and then we did strip search is much more sort of formal yep. uh, thing and uh, yeah uh, just, I mean strip search kind of helped lead to Cards Against Humanity and Sense um i guess the real reason you, we got hooked up with cards is because of the first year they did tabletop um actually was that the first thing we did for them i feel like we might have done something before that but i know that it was like we should film this and and liz was working with them at that time right and it was liz was like hey i know some people right, and right. she contacted us and we met liz through uh doing wootstock right which we were invited to uh many many years ago now and and knowing her has and we met has, has been very beneficial to us over the years. Uh, and we met and we got Woodstock because we met Paul and Storm at Pax, and it's it's sort of all it's all together. weird interconnected stuff. So yeah, and uh, and of course in all the um, Wizards of the Coast stuff uh, that all that, started. That was actually um, the first year that uh, we went to um, Pax East, I think. When you got the sample packs? When it was... No, no, well, no, 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 this no. was well, before I mean, that. But the first year we went to PAX East, um, it was just like Graham and myself and I guess Kathleen as well. That, it was the second year we went to PAX East, actually. this was It was the second time. Because the first year we went to PAX East, I was there because we went to New York. Right, 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 right. This, so this is the second, the second year. The second year. And we went there and we just happened to, uh, on the on the plane... Uh, Mike Gills was sitting yeah. beside us on the plane, and so we started talking with him. And on we both had the same stopover because we both came from Seattle, so we had like lunch in the yeah. terminal, and, and we started talking and uh, about doing, you know, doing some project with them. Well, that because that was after we had done its magic. Yeah, that's after we had done yeah. its magic, doing that. <laughs> Actually, I remember what we. Uh, when we were doing the the Friday night stuff, like when we were first pitching the the first four episodes, yeah, four yeah. episode thing, that was also we also talked to them at PAX East for the stupid reason that we're in Victoria, they're in Seattle, and we both went to Boston in order to talk to right. our meeting, and we were ta- we talked to um, I guess it was the brand manager at the time. Uh, it would have been um, Paul Levy, I think, wasn't it? 
Yeah, and was, you know the yeah, very yeah, yeah, the sort of high, uh, very basically as high up in Wizards of the Coast as we ever got to talk to. Um, just you know who who wanted to okay the whole process, and we were talking to him, and we had this whole uh, thing planned that we were going to pitch about. That was the original idea was, or it was going to be more like um, the like magic crap shots was sort of the idea. Yeah. That we were going to pitch to him, and about like two minutes into the meeting, we realized that that was like the exact opposite of what he wanted. He's yeah. like, I'm really big on like character and story things, yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff. And we're like, oh, okay, crap. well, we could pitch the entire thing. opposite of <laughs> yeah. what you what we were originally thinking and do the Friday nights. Our strong <laughs> well, the Friday night, that was like the other idea we had, and so we're like, okay, well, we'll go the other way. Yep. Let's do the Friday nights thing. And obviously, that turned out pretty well. All right, let's keep going here, Mikey. With an exclamation, says, "What is the meaning of the sponge? No meaning. You can choose to put whatever meaning towards it you yeah, want. You can store many things in a sponge. Most of the liquids. Look, the honest uh, to God story of the sponge was we were sitting around trying to think of something a little extra to put in your envelope with the thank you card, and the idea of the sponge came up, and we all laughed, and then we all sort of dismissed it as a stupid idea, <laughs> and then we came back to it and we're like, this is still funny. Well, no, it was, well, I mean, like, it was we, we were doing it, and Ian." Ian it was Ian's idea. Yeah, he he was like, I know where you can get sponges really cheap. Yeah, he's a sponge and we're guy. like, what? <laughs> it's like not yeah. to say that we bought you cheap sponges. <laughs> so you say, yeah, they're but high he, quality premium sponges. <laughs> yeah. But 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 the trick is getting them so that they're they're like the flat pack. Mm-hmm. And we're like, what? He's like, yeah, yeah. You want there, sponges? I got a sponge yeah, guy. Th- yeah, apparently Ian has a sponge guy. He has a but a place to get the like super thin sponges that are uh, you know that are custom printed and we're like really and he's like yeah and you know we can do it in this like a small enough run that it makes sense for the deal and we're like wow and then he went away and like got it priced out and came back and he's like oh that's that's actually about right <laughs> it's so weird yeah. i guess we're giving people sponges and i mean some of us felt awkward about giving sponges like we don't know each other that well yet but i mean that's fine yeah i think we're uh we're on we're on a term Terms now, we're we're, we're your sponge worthy. We're comfortable giving you, like, it's not a marriage proposal, but it's sponge. (laughs) And it's important to note, actually, that uh, almost everybody's your thank you note, your the actual letter itself was also sealed with a sponge that we were we were actually used one of our own sponges, wet it down a little bit. I licked a uh, lot of them, but we did use a sponge for some as well. Yeah, yeah. I licked probably more than I should have. All right. He also, James also licked a bunch of sponges. True story. Uh, If you could buy one thing, anything to use or play or have while streaming at no cost, and cost was no barrier, what would it be? One thing to stream. To stream. Or to use while streaming or. A. uh, Cost was no barrier. An extremely advanced. Switcher? No, well, no, I was thinking an extremely uh, uh, complete, like, um, voice modulation system that had, like, tons and tons of different presets and oh, things. Oh, really? Oh, okay. All right, all right. Human uh, chess, a revolver, and opponents I can't really beat. Okay, I can't beat that. We're going to move on. <laughs> um, what is everyone's... Uh, wow, this is another... Cat. Actually, my serious, my serious one for streaming is... I, Streaming, uh, various streaming components such that they actually can work. I, just, I think just a device that we could plug 
every has, single console, PC, whatever into, and have one single HDMI come out of the back into the streaming computer, and, and you can switch on the fly, and it always and, works, and, and it's always never a problem. Yeah. Or, you know, if anybody wants to make this a box that has like 10 HDMI ports, okay, uh, maybe like four component inputs, yeah, a DVI, uh, a DVI or two, maybe VGA, you know. Just as many inputs as you can fit on there. Okay. A scaler so that right. it automatically upsamples the output to uh, whatever you want, in our case 1080, right. 30 frames a second, um, so that it's a constant thing. And also such that uh, if you change inputs, it doesn't actually, it doesn't blank the output. Right. So it always is broadcasting just black mm, if it's yeah, not yeah, doing yeah. it. Uh, and then that, that would be. That'd be great. That would be pretty much the best thing ever. Um, as far as I know, such a thing doesn't exist. Um, so or if it, happen. if it does exist, it's like you know, unbelievably in, expensive. In the thing, and, yeah. And pro uh, but the thing is, like, even sure if we could throw that kind of thing together over a weekend with a soldering gun. <laughs> oh yeah. Even when you go up to the pro level f- stuff, it's still only like a couple of inputs. Yeah. Because hmm. you have to be like that, and then like a switch on top of that. All right, moving on. Also, voice control. Oh. Theo. <laughs> I want to play Wii. No, don't do that. That seems bad. There's so much room for trolling in there. I just come in in the middle of somebody's stream and be like, I want to play Minecraft, and the switch, they just I switch mean, over to the PC. See, you know how hard it is already not to just come into this room and yell, Siri, erase all my, uh, all my appointments. Yeah. Uh, all right. Have any of you tried out the Xbox One controller? If so, opinions on it versus the Xbox 360, or for that matter, PlayStation. Uh, I haven't. I have actually not. I don't think I've spent a single second playing a game on an Xbox One yet. <laughs> Me neither. I don't have an um, Xbox One. No. We have one upstairs. Yeah. I've held the controller. We've, it we've, seems fine. We've like had, picked we, it up and gone, oh, that isn't the PS4 controller. <laughs> <laughs> we have one upstairs, yeah. um, and I played with it uh, a little bit. Um, I mean, Graham and I played uh, Sunset Overdrive right. on it and stuff. Um, I'm not a fan. No? That's Frankly, what I've heard. it feels cheap. Yeah. Really? Um, like, it's it feels like I gotta say, like it feels like a Mad Cat's control. Like it feels like really? a third party controller. Sick like there's just Mad Cats. there's just like a little bit of, uh, you know, there's like the little bit of like slop on like the shoulder buttons. Huh. It's 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 like it feels maybe it's just like it's it's I guess it's lighter, and maybe like the the like the springs on the shoulder buttons and stuff aren't that strong. Right. Which is not necessarily a bad thing, but it's. Uh, I, yeah, I'm not a fan. I think it's something that you would get used to, but coming from the 360, the 360 or, or the PlayStation. I'm a big fan of the PlayStation 4 controller, personally. I, I think my favorite controller was the original Xbox controller, you're like monster. the first one, you're, like the one that was the size of like no, the size of a no, foot long si- sub, size of an 800 pound bear. Yeah, yeah. no, the Canyon uh, Narrow of controllers. Jesus. It was great. You just put it in your lap, but it made <laughs> me feel like I don't even have that large of hands. I, I could I could grip it. Too yeah. big, too big. All right. The, I uh, miss it to be honest. I, if I could get one, I would get one. It's I, I like I mean I like the PS4 controller as well. Um, I don't feel like it's that much better than the PS3 controller. That's fair. I mean, but, it's not really that much better. I mean, the which isn't that much better than the PS2 the controller because the DualShock controller is basically the best controller anyone's ever made, and they haven't changed it. <laughs> I get. I don't, like to be honest. I think my favorite controller of all time is the Xbox 360 controller. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just I, I, I actually size, I like this. I like the size it. of the uh, 
love the PlayStation one a little better, actually. That's fair. I find the uh, maybe I have small hands, but the I find the size of the 360 controller um, sometimes if, if I've been playing for like a long time will bug me a little bit. Uh, Cam, very quickly, somebody I think wanted to know what your favorite from software game is. It's Bloodborne. It's right Bloodborne. Now. Yeah, it's Bloodborne. Right. Actually. Not as many builds as in Dark Souls, but I feel it's a much more polished game. All right. Um, who came up with the sponges and why? That was Ian, because he's crazy. What is everyone's caffeinated it's, beverage of choice? We sort of uh, covered that. Sort but, of covered uh, that one already. Co- I guess if it's not coffee. Um, I actually drink a lot of tea these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've really gotten... I'm, I'm gotten into tea in a big way. I actually drink a lot of Coke. Mm. Which is why I'm... <laughs> Make a fat. That's yeah. why I stopped drinking Coke. Actually, yeah. I've it's been like very good the last calories, couple months about two hundred calories. Water. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's get a couple more questions in here. You see, there's Mountain Dew now with caffeine in Canada. Oh, really? Is that a thing now? That's not something I would ever drink. It's but. a special like it's like Mountain Dew, whatever. Extreme face. Who's rock? Who's scissors? Who's paper? Paper. Rock. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I think that's probably just right. S- scissors. Yeah, you're just scissors. What would you guys say was the hardest or most <laughs> difficult video to produce? We're gonna say video, and video? we're gonna say for, for stuff for ourselves, because obviously the bigger projects uh, obviously easily take the cake there. But I'm thinking like uh, weekly. Let's just narrow this down the to weekly. The very sketch. first one I was in. <laughs> Which was the one with time travel? You were t- a yeah. time traveler, and I was just this monster. <laughs> That's right. Oh, right, Who, that one. Yeah, because that was the first one. I also you weren't in the shots when I was right. acting, so yeah, I didn't know where right. to look, and I kept looking into the camera. Yeah, and my acting was horrible. <laughs> we're like, no, <laughs> stop <laughs> looking into the camera. And people are like, where did you find this guy? Um, From the future. It yeah. was a time travel thing. I. One. I mean. It, uh, logistically, one of the harder ones to do was um, uh, the two-parter GP Calgary. Oh right, episode um, because that yeah, actually involved us tra- like we actually drove all the way to to, to Calgary mean, and not, back. Not just to film not, that episode, not just but, to film, but yeah. But I mean, especially filming like that with like along the road is yeah, always it's I mean, takes way more time than you think it's going to. Yeah, so that was probably uh pretty high up there uh csi csi has always sort of stuck out in my head mm-hmm. as being one that it i remember that being a very long day um the, spending uh, a lot of time we we use the dolly a lot the big dolly and stuff like that so more recently um the like doctors hate her was doctors a quite was, was a, a quite uh, intensive shoot the uh who you gonna call was actually a pretty uh yeah pretty yeah big one up on the roof there at the vec um yeah, those. I think those are probably some of the bigger ones. I mean, at the end of the day, like most of these videos, like it's it's either like a really really long day or we shoot it over a couple days. Yeah, but more often there's, than not, it's like there's it been a couple of day, uh, so. Friday nights that we've had to shoot where, where we're shooting a bit at like YJ. Yeah, and it's just been oh, like a five minute scene will take like three hours to shoot because we're we're like uh, that. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. like some like noise will start up and then we're like, okay, it's done. Start talking. Uh, something. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> this is an interesting question. If you had a camera with one shot on it, so you can take one picture. Okay. And could go anywhere with the camera. What one photo would you take? 
So would you go, I guess the question, I mean, there's two ways to go with it, right? The question is, would you go for like, you know, try to get like the most amazing shot, you know, Ansel, time, Ansel yeah. Adams, whatever. Sure. Or do you try to get a shot in which the subject matter is, you know, a shot of like whatever some celebrity <laughs> <laughs> that's going to garner you a lot of money. It's going to you a lot I, of money. I, I have the answer for myself. Uh, it would be I would go to the International Space Station mm. and take a photo of the Earth. Yeah. Take a selfie. Yeah, exactly. It's the Earth behind me, just like click. Uh, I think that's probably like that would yeah. easily like uh, assuming it was like. Assuming in this hypothetical situation that I can easily get to without any problems, the International Space Station, which obviously yeah, if, it, if it's something. like if it's like you get teleported there, you yeah, do the you picture and, and you, you teleport back, back, done. If it's like actually, no, no, you can it, do that, but you have to go through all the astronaut training and all this sort of stuff. It's just like, okay, maybe not so much. Yeah, so I get to take work. more than yeah. one. I get to take more than one <laughs> picture if I if I have to go through all the training. Mm-hmm. If I have to, if I have that much time, I'm going and buying more film. That's what. Yeah, I mean. that's true. Yeah. Actually, no. The, if you if it's tell you teleport teleport back, what I want is a picture of the Earth at the International Space Station, <laughs> so that such that it's obvious that whoever's taking the picture is flying away from the <laughs> yeah. space station, like towards the sun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can see your own shadow on the International yeah. Space Station, being like, ah. Yeah. If the rule is you have to stay on the planet, then I I would actually have a hard time saying no to taking a photo that like. TMZ would be like, we're going to give you a million dollars for this photo because does yeah. it have to be? Does it? Do we get to decide? <laughs> like, if it's, is it? Is it like you could go to a place and take a photo of that, or can you like set up the photo and then take a photo? Oh, of right. That? So you can like stage the whole photo. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Cam, thoughts? I don't know. This is a really uh, interesting question. Yeah. No, it is. Um, I've been trying to think of something, and it's. There's a lot of pressure in this question. <laughs> yeah. Like, and get like a photo of like, whatever the secret orgies that are happening at the UN. Yeah. With exactly. all the heads of state just all together. Yeah. <laughs> it's got to be worth something. Yeah, yeah. Go to the Republican National uh, Congress or whatever and watch them play a game of who's in my mouth. <laughs> you only get one photo though, so it's got to be a very yeah. Li- it, I guess it's like got to tell. Lens, it's got to right? tell a whole picture. Uh, it's yeah. got to tell a story. Um. Oh. I don't know. I think I would be tempted to like the International Space Station one sounds really good, but I think only if I got to do all the astronaut training. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> I mean, too. look, look. If they said, if they came to me and said, you can go to the International Space Station if you can train and and make that happen, I would. Safety, yeah, obviously, I would just stop that opportunity. Which I would hope that they do. I don't. If they say you could go to the International Space Station, but you don't have to do any training at all, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would be highly concerned. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. We it's like, am problem. I going there as a medical cadaver? Yeah, um, yeah. Like that seems we, like yeah, you don't have to, zone you don't have to caliber. Tra- you don't have to train for the coming back part at all. Actually. Yeah, no, it's, don't even worry about that. Yeah, yeah. How much would you say you weigh right now? <laughs> what about if you were dried? <laughs> All right, let's uh, get a couple it's, more in it's here. It's interesting one. I like that. All right. I love the dystopian podcast, Paul. Oh, if thank the you. Lurk crew were in a dystopian future, who would be the evil overlord? I mean, probably uh, you. Probably, probably me? <laughs> yeah. The trustworthy one? Yeah. Yeah. You'd be the, like, 
the the evil genius. You'd be like the Lex Luthor of. I feel like see. You're not like crazy. I mean, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not saying like that's not necessarily true. <laughs> yeah. No. What I'm. I feel like that. I mean, in the dystopian future thing, sure. You know, I could be evil or whatever. I don't feel like I have the organizational. Capabilities right. All right, yeah, yeah. to keep it going. Okay, but you just you know what I mean. Just be like, Ugh, this is or I'd be work. evil, but there, there's a difference between like being an evil guy and like setting up a whole evil network society. <laughs> yeah, or has setting up a whole dystopian society that crushes people's dreams, hopes, and dreams. Like that. That takes a lot of this like planning. Work. Yeah. I can't yeah. even kill people in video games. <laughs> right? Like the NPCs in video games, I have a hard time. Right. Uh, yeah, I would probably like. I I feel like I would be a high up cog in the machine. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. But, but I would still. I don't know. I I despite despite it, you know, being a horrible dystopia. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe it would be good if I was in charge, because then it would rapidly stop becoming the horrible dystopia. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or I guess it would be whatever. There's always the like. What happens after the horrible dystopia, yeah. which is usually also bad, because it's like yeah, it's like it's like we've had a revolution and now everything is crappy, but we're free. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> like uh, I forget who said it, but somebody was saying like you know, in in fiction you have the Hunger Games, in the real world you have Syria, yeah. <laughs> right? Um, yeah. But that's true. Uh, no, I, I'd like to think I would be like. Mm. Somewhere in the middle of the bureaucracy of the banality in, of evil. All right. In, right, like in the, in the Hunger Games. In the Hunger Games, I would definitely be the, like, producer guy for the Hunger Games, though. Oh, okay. the guy with the, like, sideburns? The, the guy with, like, the... Well, the guy I, in the first Hunger Games, yeah. and he's got, like, the crazy beard. Oh, yeah, beard. Yeah, 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 yeah. But just that, like, like you, you know, it's like, hmm, <laughs> let's, uh, let's have a fireball over there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like... Whoa, I didn't even know we could do that. Yeah, what else yeah. can we do? Yeah. We just have, uh, like, 500 ducks fall on his head right now. <laughs> yeah. Let's just do that. We can do that? It's like, what? Let's do that. It's like, what? What? Why? It'll make awesome television. That's what yeah, we're doing we're here, right? We're trying to tell a story? Jeez. Yeah, <laughs> All right, we have one more question. Okay. The question is, what was the first video game you fell in love with? And are, do you still love it? Mine was Final Fantasy on the Nintendo. Okay. Ori- like original Final Fantasy? Yes, original like Final OG Fantasy. Final Fantasy. And no. <laughs> no. Okay. Yeah, I, I, no. It got transferred to iOS like four years ago, and I bought it, and I was really excited, and I was like, this has not aged well. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Paul? First one I fell in love with. That would have to be... Um, and the previous podcast i was talking about how my first computer was a mac plus so it would definitely it would have to be on there i'm thinking like dark castle Ooh. Ooh, wow yeah yeah which is a that was a sweet game it's sort of a sort of a, a pre precursor to like dual stick shooters i guess but you were like this little guy you run around uh and you controlled your arm with your mouse and mm-hmm. you could throw you threw rocks at people yeah and uh it was brutally hard yeah (laughs) and except the thing and if you fell down a pit instead of dying you would go to this like dungeon level and then you'd have to like climb all your way back up through the dungeon and then to get back to where you were and i I still remember the sound effects from that game where you go like yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) as you did rock actually the best part about it was uh 
in the dungeon area, there was you needed a key to the door to get out, and the key would always is would be uh, in a uh, it's there, there's a, a trap thing, and there's there's a there's a bunch of prisoners who are like chained up to the wall. There's three prisoners chained up to the wall, and there's a guy like whipping them. Uh, is like torturing them, and so you have to kill the guy torturing them. Okay. And then you go over, and there's three switches, and or no, there's two switches. One switch gives you the key, and one switch drops a big weight on your head, and you die. Okay. And so, you, and you have to, you go by one switch, and all the prisoners go. <laughs> 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 they all shake their heads, and then you go over the other switch, and, and they're like, they "Yeah, <laughs> you do it." That's pretty awesome. <laughs> uh, mine's kind of a sellout. It's because I think a lot of people would say it, but it's true, which is uh, Chrono Trigger. Mm. Like, yeah. It, it was the first game that I played that I was like, wow, this is insane and epic and amazing. And uh, I played with some friends as well. So it was sort of this shared experience, but mm. easily the first game uh, I fell in love with. I will throw a, a bonus question on top. What's the last game you fell in love with? Bloodborne. Oh. <laughs> uh, hmm. Probably, I was actually thinking uh, when I was actually thinking one of the other games that I fell in love with um, on on you know on old school stuff was uh, the original Prince of Persia. Right. Yeah. And that's definitely up there for me too, actually. And but like and and then the like the more modern Prince of Persia games, um, not the reboot one or not the whatever how many reboots it's had now but like the the prince of persia and the warrior within and the um the two thrones i guess it's mm-hmm. called um i really like those games i really got into those sweet um which was all those and those were almost sort of a gateway into like the assassin's creed games which i uh i've i mean i guess in terms in terms of uh time spent you know, playing the game. I mean, we make fun of Cam because he's always like, "Hey, can I play some Bloodborne? I want to play some Bloodborne." <laughs> but I've played like a ridiculously large amount of time <laughs> of Assassin's Creed games, um, and it usually takes me quite. A, you know, I don't play them like densely. Like I, I'll play. You know, I'll, I'll sort of have one on the go right, yeah, and yeah. do it. But they're at the point now because of their schedule is such that I could almost be like playing an Assassin's Creed game at all, <laughs> all times. Time. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, I actually I just beat Rogue. Um but of course Rogue and Unity came out at the same time. So it's so like I guess Unity. I could play Unity, but I don't Unibrity. have I don't have a PS4 right now. Oh, but, okay, yeah. Um Unity. Neither does Cam. That doesn't stop him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's true. We have Unity oh, here at the you. office. It's true. Oh, by the, that reminds me. Can I come in tomorrow? We're filming tomorrow. Oh, right. It's Saturday. Saturday. I meant Sunday. Yes, probably. Hooray. <laughs> oh, dear. Yes, you can come in tomorrow, but you can't. But you can come in on Sunday. And for oh. you, this was like a couple weeks ago, so don't worry yeah. about it. No, yeah. Um, the last game that I uh, absolutely fell in love with was Monument Valley. Really? Oh. Yeah. I got to try that. I, it, yeah, it I is, have to play it too. It is incredible. It's on sale right now. Uh, okay. Again, I, I, think I don't I know if it, it's going to be on sale by the time you, you watch this, but yeah, go get it. It's like two bucks right now. It's like a pretty, it it's, is, it's it pretty is, short too. Right? It took me a couple hours to beat it, but I just sat down and I played it and I loved it. And I mm-hmm. want, and then there, there was, they've released an expansion since, which was also fantastic. So cool. Definitely play it. It, it, 
it's it's an iPad game. Right. You can get it on the on your phone, and on the six it might actually be playable, but uh, I wouldn't play it's, it on anything smaller than that. So definitely on your iPad. Cool. It's incredible. So I would okay. watch that. All right, that's gonna do it. That's all the questions. It was fun to revisit the 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 old school podcast ways. I was actually thinking, like specifically in terms of with the, the phrasing "fall in love with." Man, on the stream, I've been playing uh, Kirby's Epic Yarn. Oh, that oh, game is yeah. adorable. That is like so ridiculously like it's it is ridiculously adorable. Yeah, and really fun. Yeah, like I'm totally. I've been, I've been watching. I'm totally getting into it. Yeah, cool. That's yeah. sweet. All right, guys. Uh, all right. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you again to all of our patrons over at patreon.com slash Run. It is what makes this podcast and others like it possible and everything else that we do, the crap shots and the podcasts right and streamings and everything all blah, blah. It's down here. It's, right it's opposite. Woo! Yes. Look, it's right there. Look at it. I'm tickling it. Do it, do it, do it. Head there right now. <laughs> Don't check tickle it out. our Patreon. I will tickle the Patreon. Get That's Patreon weird. pox. Get Patreon. So thank you to all of you guys. You're fantastic and we love you. And we will see you next week for a new episode of The Lurkast. Bye. Bye.